Hello, and welcome to Spilling the Milk, the podcast where we talk about breastfeeding. You know, the thing that moms have been doing since the beginning of time, and yet is still not really talked about as much as it needs to be. We're here to fix that. Today, my guest is Liesl. She is originally from the Philippines and has been living in the United States and is the mom of a three-year-old daughter and a 10-month-old son. She is very open and honest with us about her experience giving birth in the U.S. and breastfeeding and trying to raise two tiny humans while her husband is away for work and she is not able to drive and some of the logistic challenges that presents, especially while living in snowy, cold Michigan. Welcome. The weather is a lot different here um, than California. Super. I mean, I love snow. Okay. Um, every year I get fascinated with the snow. I just don't like it. Like, I thought it's over and on Wednesday it's going to snow. I thought it was because the grass were already green, the, the snow were already melted, and then snow again. So I'm just happy with, like, first month of the winter snow or January. I know it's snowy. But if like this, ah, no more. But still, I'm still happy to see snow every year. California is a good weather where I live in San Diego. It has the best weather, I believe, or I guess. But, and I love it there because I can basically access all the stores that I needed to go, groceries, um, clinic for my kids. It's really accessible. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just walking distance. Here, it's different. It's you really need to have a car to reach yeah. to wherever you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I was in Chicago for five years when I had my first baby and mm-hmm. I could just walk to Starbucks or the park or right. the bus to the grocery store. And then yeah, I haven't, I haven't been to Starbucks for almost a month now since oh, my husband no. left. Because my husband is in Florida. So he's in school for a month. So I'm here alone with my two kids. That's why it's kind of, um, exhausting. I'm okay him going away for that for a week or so, but we just got here. We just moved here. So I'm basically adjusting to everything and he just left and I'm left with two kids with in a new environment, in a new home where basically I can't do much because I don't drive. I can only do online groceries, which very helpful by the way, but I want to go to store and buy for myself, right? I'm stuck here at home. I'm super scared that my kids get sick because of the cold weather because this is their first time to experience the winter, like real winter. So I'm kind of scared to go out to have a, to go for a walk because I don't want them sick because I'm scared because I don't have any help here because my sister-in-law lives 45 minutes away from here. So it's not like, hey, come here, come here. I can't do that because she has kids too and she has work. So if only like emergency or urgent. So... That's why I'm trying not to get sick. Me. Yeah. Actually me, because I'm the caretaker of my yes. kids. So that's really what I'm worried about. And at the same time, I'm very cooped up and I'm very not bored, but I can't stop feeling down because I'm just home because I'm not used to this. If I want to like feel like, you know, I want to get fresh air, I, I will go out. So in California, I always do that. Like with my kids going through the park. There's mm-hmm. a park here in this housing or in mm-hmm. this place, but 
it's cold. So I, I don't like the hassle of bundling them up and the house. You need to go up. There's like stairway. So I'll have to get the stroller. I'll have to make sure that they're bundled. It's kind of like tiring <laughs> for me to have that a lot, to do that a lot of work. So I just make sure that they're entertained with a lot of toys. And... Yeah. So what are the ages of your kids? So my first daughter is, um, she's going to turn three years old this coming Thursday. Oh. And my son, he's going to be 10 months old tomorrow. Um, it's just sad because my husband sat here for my daughter's third birthday. And supposedly my sister-in-law is going to come over here supposedly today to celebrate, um, to be with my daughter because she has three kids. So at least we have, you know, she has playmates in that. Unfortunately, they were not feeling well, so they couldn't make it today. So um, at what point did he start using formula? Did you breastfeed when he was first born or what? what was your journey like? Um, so, um, for the both of them or for my son only? You can start just talking about your son if you want. Okay. So for my son, um, I think I really had a good production with milk with him. And at the time he was really breastfeeding well. And unfortunately I had engorgement. Like it was really bad, like worst ever. Like I was bleeding and I went to a lactation consultant. He, she was able to help me. And I was able to know more about like uh, latching. Yeah. Proper yeah. latching. Um, so I was able to do that. And then, uh, and then at the time, I feel like he wasn't really drinking a lot about, from my, my main brass. It was just that every time I pump, he will drink more. But then mm -hmm. anyways, yeah. So I lasted only four months because mm -hmm. I started taking pills. And at the time I, I realized that the pills actually cost my milk production to get low. Cause that what happened to my daughter too. But with my daughter, she was premature. So she has a supplement with formula. It's Similac. It's for nature. Uh, so at the time, I was really pumping like every two to three hours because I want my daughter to have breast milk because that was pandemic. It was the, the peak, the height of pandemic lockdown. So I was kind of more, I want to give her the breast milk because that's what they say. So... Um, with my daughter, I lasted almost six months, but with a supplement of formula. Uh, no, yeah, formula, of course. And with my son right now, I was eager and I, I pushed myself that I'm going to breastfeed him until at least six months because I'm kind of like exhausted mentally because I'm dealing with a toddler and with him. And I told myself that I'm not going to force myself if there's really nothing's going on. Because with my daughter, I really forced myself, like to the point that I was mentally drained. That because, because of the notion that you need to give breast milk. I know breast milk is really good. I, I, I'm not going to compete with that. It's really, I, I do believe, it's just that myself is not really producing well. I did a lot. I drink the tea. Um, for Filipinos like me, Ishan, we have this, um, malungai leaves. That is really true. It will really give your milk like a production like more, but I don't have it here. We don't, it's not really that popular here in America. You can only access that frozen if you, if you're lucky. But yeah, so I, I did try the oatmeal because that's also one, but I just stopped five months. I know almost six months, but with him, because I'm not stressing myself, if there's still milk, then go, but there's none. No. 
So, and then I stopped at four months and I was really happy because for three months, I guess for first month, it was purely breastfeeding. I think until two months. And then I just introduced him with formula. Uh, the lactation tissue that gave me this shirt, like it's a, it's a congratulations shirt for like breastfeeding, fully breast, exclusively breastfed baby. So I was like happy about that because I did not have that with my daughter. Was the shirt for you or for the baby? For the baby, not for me, <laughs> for the baby. So um, he just wore it once. And and also when I was breastfeeding with my son, I was pumping because he can drink more with the pumping than uh, uh, for me than nursing because maybe the latching, I don't know, maybe that's really the problem. And nipples bleeding and I didn't really like the feeling anymore because I'll have to I'll have to pump every three hours and it's hard because I have a toddler too and my 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 husband is always at work so and not not in, not to mention like you'll have to prepare your toddler's food you know um the house so it was just really a lot so I decided, okay, let's do the formula. And then from there on, he was okay. I mean, I, I mean, at first, you'll really have that mom guilt feeling that you did not really give the breast milk. But I would choose my mental health, I guess. Um, I mean, my baby is fed anyways. I mean, I believe uh, a well-fed baby is the best, I guess. Was that the line? <laughs> yeah, but, that is yeah. best. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's where I was actually, like, that's where I'm, like, getting uh, getting that determination that or my, my, my mind to be set that it's okay, it's okay, it's going to be all right, it's going to yeah. be all right. But then that's when I realized that maybe because of the pills, they do say that don't, but the pills actually had a side effect said that, yeah, it might Mm. But every time, because when my daughter, I didn't notice that. But with my son, I did because I really had a good production. I really, I really produced milk. But after I started taking pills, it's getting low and low. Do you mean birth control pills? Yeah, birth control pills. Sorry. Okay, got it. Yeah, so it's getting like starting to get low. And, um, okay, this is the pills, and I, I don't know. Maybe I just, I, I just really want. I just don't want to stress myself to mm-hmm. force myself to actually breastfed my son. I, I, I did my best until four months. And like I said, I told myself, if I cannot take it anymore, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to force myself. I'm yeah. just going to stick with the formula. Well, it sounds like you are taking care of a toddler and pumping and having to feed the pumped milk and having to take care of the house and having to try to get everyone to sleep on somewhat of a schedule, including yourself. <laughs> yes feed everybody um it's like it's like three full-time jobs at the same time yeah not including like the the feeling of having the postpartum blues that i'll have to kind of um ignore that Mm -hmm. i'm i'm actually going through with it because um i don't think that postpartum depression has a space for me i'm really experiencing it but i think uh, the key there is if you have really a good coping mechanism on how you actually deal with it. Like mm-hmm. if you're just gonna let you eat it, then yeah, you're gonna be so down. But me, I'm kind of like, no, I have a thunder. 
I can't do this. I have a baby. I cannot do this. And not to mention, I was C-section with my son. That mm. also added my my mini depression. I don't know what would be. I wouldn't really say depression, but I felt that that was the definition of how mm-hmm. I felt because I did not really accept that I got I had a C-section with my son because I had a um, natural delivery, I know normal delivery with my daughter. With my son, I had a C-section, which it was really hard for me to accept, even up until now. But as long as my son is good, he was delivered safely, then I'm okay. The scar is my son's um, mm-hmm. <laughs> memory or, you know, my son's scar. So I'm happy with it. But if if I think about it, it was just hmm, how I wish. Um I was just really the the healthcare team. I don't I don't blame them, but I kind of not didn't like of how they deal with that time. So yeah, yeah. It sounds um, it sounds traumatic. Um, it was really traumatic because I thought with my daughter that was really the traumatic one because she was premature. She was born eight weeks early, mm-hmm. so she was. I was thirty two weeks and five days. And then all of a sudden, I had this stomach ache or cramps that I thought it was just normal or what you call that? Oh my God. Sometimes I still have like, um, false. Braxton Hicks. Yeah, Braxton exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, but it was different because every time I move, it's not going away. Because if it's false or it's Braxton, Braxton's Hicks, if you like change your position, it will go away. But at the time, it didn't. So I called the emergency, the, the labor and delivery. I told what happened because there was already spotting when I peed. And then they admit me there. They admit uh, they asked me to go to the hospital. And then I went there with my husband. They checked. They had a cervical test, which I really hated. Uh, so, and they told me that my, my water broke. But then, since I was still 32 weeks, my baby's lungs wasn't matured enough. So what they told me is that I um they will try their best to hold me until my 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 baby is 35 weeks in my tummy. So my room is ready for like a month. But then at the time, um the epidural, I did not say uh, I did not have the epidural yet because they said I'm gonna they're gonna hold me for 35 weeks. So why would I need the epidural if I'm not gonna deliver anyways? So at the time, it's starting to have this contraction. The intervals was getting shorter and shorter and shorter. It's like less than a minute. It was the worst pain ever. Even up until now, I can still remember. But like my mother-in-law said that, uh, you would really, I do remember how pain it was. It was really painful. Like it's 20 out of 10, whatever. It was really painful. And, um, and then the anesthesiologist or the healthcare team there said, next time, if, uh, next time, don't uh, don't decide for epidural last minute. And I was like, I did not decide last minute. I was supposedly behold for 35 weeks. That's why. And then the doctor was the one who actually suggested that you want epidural now because it was the effacement because the baby really want to go out. My baby decided, I want to see the world, mommy. I cannot wait. So until that pain was really strong, I, I don't know, and... I had an epidural 30 minutes after. It was really the most worst ever because I was having the epidural and having, I was having the contraction. It was super, oh my God. <laughs> and I can remember right now, like, oh my God, I did, I I was able to surpass, overcome it. I was, wow. 
I was having that uh, epidural and I was having contraction at the same time, the most painful ever. Unreal. And, and I was actually crowning. I think I want to poop. And then the nurse there was, the nurse says, I want to poop. And I was getting uh, very uh, edgy. I was really angry because the pain. And then my husband was, I was holding my husband like so tight like this. I grasped his arm, uh, his hand. I feel like I want to poop. And that was the baby, right? That's the baby. And then That's when baby. the doctor said, oh, you're 100% defaced, baby's down already. So you're good to go. So after like maybe 30 minutes, I think they just asked me to push. Like, I think I tried to, because I was learning how to push. I didn't, but the healthcare team was all there because I had a, a premature baby. So the baby just lay down. My baby just lay down. I didn't even know what to do. They just put the baby here. I didn't even have a picture because I wasn't ready at all. I was shocked. I was just looking at my baby and I was wearing this gown and I just take it off. I don't even care who are the people anymore. It's like, you already see me, whatever. So I just take it off. And then the doctor or the nurse just cover my, my breast because it, it's it's not like I need to breastfeed that baby right away, I guess, because they need to get the baby because she was premature, so they need to to not resuscitate but put in the incubator, <laughs> no, incubator but yeah, that one. So, because that's why there's a lot of there. But um, with my son, it was totally different. I had ten people in my room with my daughter. I don't have I don't have eight here because she was small, so she just lie down. And I'm just really good to go. I'm like nothing, something in my vagina. I, I recovered so fast. Like nothing happened. I just let the baby out and I'm done. Like nothing. What a day. What yeah, a day. After, you after went the, to the, the hospital. Pain, exactly. After the pain all gone, I did not think the pain anymore. It was just wow. Wow. But with my son, it was totally different. So that time I said to myself, I'm going to go get epidural. I'm not going to be hero. And okay, go. So um, the doctor, since my, my blood pressure is high, I'm still high risk for preeclampsia. So the doctor said, you need to be induced. Okay, so it's scheduled. I mean, it's predictable. Like, you know, okay, this would be the day that my son's going to be born. So when I went to the hospital, they had this thing, an induced thing, and they kept saying, oh, you know, it's going to be um, painful when they, we, we put this thing inside of you and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't really painful because I believe that when my daughter, when I had my daughter, that was the most painful ever. Mine was different. It was painful. And at the same time, it was discomfort all the time because they kept putting their fingers in my vagina. They kept putting this one. And then that happened. Supposedly, they already break the water and um, they're just waiting. But then my baby was stressed out inside. So I think the water inside was kind of getting low. So they kept putting water or I don't know what what is so and the baby was really ready because the baby was already in cephalic position but then for me I mean it's putting fluid back um I think the baby swim or swam and changed the position that's what I believed so when the time comes that I need to let the baby out the other doctor said that I'm gonna suggest for forceps I don't like forceps but I asked what is that going to be happening? Is my son's going to have bruise? I mean, I'm a nurse, so I'm kind of like aware about what's happening. I'm not that knowledgeable because I've never been a nurse. I just graduated. So I know kind of fact about what's going to be happening. So no, it's just going to have a, it's just going to leave a little bruise, but that's okay. 
And when the moment was done, I was kind of pushing. Um, the head was already showing, and I was pushing. And then all of a sudden, the, talk, the two doctors that were there just left me. So it was just my husband. It was just me and the nurse. My husband was uh, holding my, my right leg. The nurse was holding my left leg. And I was pushing while there's no doctor in front of my vagina. So I was like, where's the healthcare team? And the nurse said, no, you don't have a doctor yet because the baby is not out yet. I mean, it's not really crowning. I feel like it's crowning because you already saw the baby. So what's like, I don't know. So, I mean, I was really irritated. I was kind of angry already, but I still tried to compose myself because I don't, I mean, maybe this is how they are. Maybe that's really, because it was really a busy hospital. I mean, they're full, so they're packed. So I, I do understand, but I don't. And I was like pushing for two hours with just the three of us. And I was really exhausted, the fact that there's no healthcare team there. And then the second, I think because it's it's a rotational, so it's a change of healthcare team. So at seven, there's new team. So there's a lot of people already in the room. And, and the doctor said, um, they, she, she suggested a... Uh, a what um a c-section uh, before that the baby's position was um how do you like this one like on he's, side up yeah he's looking like on the ceiling yeah. so that's why they they suggested the forcep because um i cannot i cannot um deliver it normally because of the head like facing up but the doctor said the previous said you can you can still you can still but i don't think so so when the, the next doctor came um, it's so hard at the baby. It's it's my, it's gonna be difficult to 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 push the baby out when his face is facing up. I think it's kind of not it's not that possible. So our only and I was like pushing for two hours with just the three of us. And I was really exhausted the fact that there's no healthcare team there. And then the second, I think because it's it's a rotational, so it's a change of healthcare team. So at seven, there's new team. So there's a lot of people already in the room. And, and the doctor said, um, they, she, she suggested a, uh, a what, um, a C-section. Uh, before that, the baby's position was, um, how do you, like this one. Like on he's, side up? Yeah, he's looking like on the ceiling. Yeah. So that's why they, they suggested the forcep because um, I cannot, I cannot, and deliver it normally because of the head like facing up but the doctor said the previous said you can you can still you can still but i don't think so so when the, the next doctor came um it's so hard at the baby it's it's my it's gonna be difficult to 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 push the baby out when his face is facing up i think it's kind of not it's not that possible so our only last resort or choice would be c-section and then she didn't even recommend the forcep. How would you feel that? Are you like communicating well? Because it seems like the other doctor wants forcep, but you, you don't want. For me, I don't want the forcep. I don't really like it. I don't like the C-section. If I can push the baby, I will push the baby. And then the doctor said, it's been two hours. You're exhausted. And I was really mad. Like, I don't know. Where's the, what's the healthcare team? What's the healthcare team here? Like, let's go. Let's just, let's just do this and be done. So that's why I had a C-section. And while I'm doing that, I was like, mm. I was like thinking more of the scar. 
I was like, I'm like, I, I was just, as long as the baby's okay, as long as the baby, I don't care. When the baby came out, when my son came out, I just cried because I was already in pain. I was already in so much pain and discomfort. With my daughter, it's just more pain. With my son, it was painful and a lot of discomfort feeling. You really don't know, like, uh, I, I couldn't really imagine how painful and how discomfort I was feeling at that time with him. That's why I just said, let's go, let's get this done. Because I'm done, I'm tired, I'm I'm exhausted, I'm angry with the people around here. And so when the baby came out, I was crying because I, I cried because I felt like, oh, that emotion was just me being angry. But when the baby's out, I didn't even care about the C-section anymore. I was just the baby is safe, the baby's okay, the baby's good, and I'm happy. Yeah, but well, it's a lot of emotions. It was basically it was, every yeah, emotion. It was kind of mixed emotions. I just did not understand anymore because first the healthcare team wasn't there. I mean, you know, I mean, it was kind of a bad experience. And they claiming their hospital as number one in San in San Diego, and my experience wasn't really didn't really like fit to that number one. But they really do have a good hospital. They really have a nice one. And yeah. I love well, that can be true, and you can be unhappy with the way things went for you. Um, yeah. Well, I do understand because the baby's facing up. So, yeah, that, that would be the last resort. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that why would you ask me to push if there's no way I can push the baby out? You know, like, you could just tell me. You could, you could just have told me, no, we need the C-section because the baby's facing up. There's no way to push. Because I've been pushing for two hours. If that... Mm-hmm. If that's what really happened, if they just told me, I would go to C-section. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hassle myself to be in pain more. Like, mm-hmm. let's go, let's get this done. I mean, yeah. I I've gone through a lot of that discomfort that you did, like a lot put of fingers in my vagina. Like, can you stop that? Just tell me about like what to do. Like, you really need to have a C-section because the baby's freezing up now. That's it. Yeah. They just let me push for two hours. Right. That's also the one thing I was very upset about or disappointed yeah. about that hospital so yeah but, no, that's a lot that's that sounds very traumatic and like you um sort of didn't feel like you had much control over the situation I did not really mm-hmm. feel like at the time I was feeling that is it because I'm an Asian is there a different mm-hmm. is there a a some sort of different treatment if you're Asian I'm sorry I mean clearly you're American I mean yeah I'm very sorry because that would just be another yeah, factor. Yeah, I felt like that. If my yeah. husband is because if my husband is there, they kind of treat me like a little bit more easy. It, it, they did not treat me bad, but when I had my postpartum and postpartum, my recovery, when we moved to this recovery room, yeah. uh, not recovery room, um, to my room, mm-hmm. which is my 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 room at first was really nice. It was like a hotel, but after my C-section, they have a different room for C-section patients. Um, the nurse that I had was very nice. She was really nice. She was, uh, she was really nice. She was really, she really took care of me. Like, I love it. Like, everything that that happened to me while I was in labor, it was just erased because of how the nurse treated me. And that was my conversation with Liesl, part one. I'm planning to talk to her some more for maybe a part two. She has lots to share with us, and I found it really interesting hearing about her experiences with the two different, the two very different birth experiences. 
And while the podcast is mainly focused on breastfeeding, I always enjoy hearing about people's experience with their pregnancy and their birth because, of course, that kind of sets the stage for when breastfeeding starts. And honestly, as moms, it's kind of all part of the journey. So I appreciate her being so open and honest about that. I'm curious about, she mentioned Moringa as something that was readily available in the Philippines to help boost milk supply, but that she was having trouble finding in the U.S. So I'm going to look a little bit more into that. I'm curious. And that's it for this episode. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe so you can easily get all of our future episodes. Please share with someone who you think would enjoy what we're talking about here. And we invite you to go to empoweredbumpsandboobs.com and subscribe to our newsletter. And very, very soon, we'll be launching Breastfeeding Boot Camp, which we can't wait to bring to the world. So if you know an expecting mom, if you are an expecting mom, please send them our way, get them on our newsletter list, and then everyone will find out the launch date and um, be able to join our first cohort of Breastfeeding Boot Camp. Thank you so much for listening and take great care.